Good morning, college football fans. Welcome in the first ever edition of Nick Shepkowski's College Football Morning Announcements for you. If you've stumbled upon this, you probably found it on a variety of different ways. One might be you saw my work on FightingIrishWire.com, where I write for the USA Today. Possibly you saw it on Twitter, at Nick Shepkowski, or maybe you just stumbled into it searching college football in iTunes or whatever it might be, Spotify, any of those looking for a podcast to listen to. This is the first one of this variety that I will do, kind of relaunching this a little bit. You might have heard me on the College Football News Podcast with Pete Futek before. We're going to still continue doing that. But to fill you in on what your morning announcements will be each and every day, I want to keep them pretty quick is what I'm going to do with this. If you're looking for headlines, if you're looking for some thoughts on those headlines, I'm going to try to pound these out here relatively quickly. Think back to like when you're in uh, elementary school or middle school, you start your day. I'm not going to make you do the Pledge of Allegiance, but I'll read you your headlines of whatever happened the day before. Remember you always, not always, but oftentimes you're in the uh, end of middle school or start of high school and the kid with the speech impediment that can't pronounce anyone's name right starts doing the morning announcements and you're laughing in your desk trying not to get yelled at by your teacher because they continuously say your name wrong or one of your buddy's names wrong well then that's kind of what you're going to get here it's just a quick morning announcements recap what happened the day before preview a little bit of what the is in the day to come and it's not only going to be that just like in school sometimes uh sometimes the principal would have to jump on the intercom system and break in with some news that'll happen sometimes on here uh just kind of fill you in on my background if you're stumbling into this very quickly and then we'll get into our first episode here and recap the kind of day again i write for fightingirishwire.com i am the uh, managing editor there i work full-time at 670 the score in chicago get to share a lot of my nfl and professional sports thoughts there so it's not always the uh the outlet that gets the most college football coverage, but when it does pop itself up, then that part is great as well. And also, you've heard me, Radio.com. I host a podcast there for Notre Dame pre- and post-game coverage. And with Pete Futek, again, the College Football News Podcast is where you may have heard me before. But we're going to focus on this part of it being the news that will come out later on today. News came out on Monday night, actually. Will Shipley... That's your lead story today. Will Shipley, if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you're a college football fan and into the recruiting, he is, by many outlets, a top two running back in the 2021 recruiting class. Uh, Ailes from North Carolina, and he's set to make an announcement and kind of wrote about this on Monday evening. That seems like it's just screaming that, Come Tuesday afternoon when Will Shipley, the number one all-purpose back in the 2021 recruiting class, announces his announcement or announces his uh, decision and commitment, it screams that he's going to take Clemson. He's going to choose Clemson. And you've seen that a lot lately with Dabo Sweeney and his staff there. If they seek out to get someone, it's rare that they don't end up with the services of that player. And you can think of a couple different players, uh, Justin Ross being one of them, that he pulled right out of the heart of Alabama. Oh, is he going to go to Auburn? Is he going to go to Alabama? I hope he's going to go to Clemson at the end of the day. It seems like that's where Will Shipley's going. We'll wait for that news to officially come. And coming up on Fighting Irish Wire today, 
uh, Mike Chen, who writes for us over there. Whether there's good news or bad news, he has some stuff in the works already of what Notre Dame does now in terms of recruiting, and I'm sure he'll share thoughts as well from the Clemson perspective of the rich get richer, team that plays in the national championship just about every stinking year now. They either get Will Shipley or Notre Dame pulls the upset and uh, gets the services of him, but it seemed like everyone that you respect in this business was kind of hinting that Notre Dame wasn't going to land a commitment from him unless they were able to get him on campus again. And you can you can blame the acts of God and the pandemic all you want. They were unable to get him on campus enough, and they got close. It sure does appear, but it doesn't seem like close is going to be enough. But we'll wait for that official word before we go into great detail on that. But you can read what we wrote up on Monday night as well in terms of Will Shipley and him announcing that the announcement is coming. Other news to uh, pass along or to take away from the stories that were on Fighting Irish Wire on Monday, uh, ESPN came out with their top 300 or the ESPN 300 for recruiting. I know it's not always going to be a bunch of recruiting, but those were kind of the big stories today to lead with. And wrote a piece there that gets into the my five takeaways from that. And Notre Dame right now sits with six players in there. If you've not yet followed recruiting for 2021, Ohio State is doing something that's just downright absurd. Uh, if this class were to be completed right now, and by no means is it for Ohio State, but if you were to take this class and not add another commitment, another, uh, another player sign a letter of intent, once, once that period opens in the end of December, it would still probably rank out to be somewhere in a top 10 to top 15 class. That's how good it is already. They're loaded with top 100 players, not just top 300, but top 100 players. And it's a team that's going to be in some very, very good shape for quite some time. Clearly, as Ryan Day has the Buckeyes role in there. And also a thing, a note from that part that you might want to check out, USC, I know that I've thrown some shade at Clay Helton's way or in his direction and in USC's direction for retaining him as their head coach this past winter, but he's starting to turn it around at least in terms of the recruiting game. Now, what does that ultimately mean, and is he going to be there when some of these top 300 players, heck, top 100 players in USC's case this season so far, um, is he going to be the coach that's there by the time they're actually playing and wearing the ketchup and mustard colors of the USC Trojans. That's another question for another day. Uh, in terms of actual college football and teams playing or wanting to play, may have seen on Monday that the NFL came out. They announced that they're canceling their games overseas this year. So the Jacksonville Jaguars get to actually play in their home field for eight games for the first time in a few years there. But I think that just means, and I've kind of been on top of this, and I just don't understand how it changes anytime soon, I don't see how you're going to get a part in there where Notre Dame and Navy go and play the last weekend in August. If you think back to, and it's kind of the premise of the article that's in there, you think back to how the NCAA tournament was ultimately canceled or how the Big East tournament that they tried to start playing 
that day or the ACC, Big Ten tournaments, any of them, how they all kind of ended, it wasn't that the NCAA jumped out and said, all right, we're putting ourselves out there and we're going to protect our players from COVID-19 coronavirus. No, it was a reaction of Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, the NBA owners coming together and saying, all right, Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz has this. We have to stop operations immediately, at least in terms of playing the games. And that's what they did. The NCAA then felt the pressure. They followed suit right away. I don't see any scenario where that doesn't happen in this case. I would love to be wrong. I just don't think that that's so much going to happen. Now, hopefully, it's going to turn to does that game get played, whether in front of fans or not in front of fans, does that get played in the end of August in the United States becomes the next question there. But that was a part of news that came out on Monday afternoon. You also, if you're a football fan, you may have seen the passing of Don Shula, 90 years old. More wins in the NFL than any other coach in NFL history. Will Bill Belichick stick around to uh, try and chase that record down? Time will tell. We don't know that. Don Shula, obviously a legend, and he was kind of the the up-and-coming thing at the time. Back when he got the Colts job in 1963, he had only had four or five years of assistant coach experience. Played in the NFL for five or seven seasons after his time at John Carroll University, where he played football. Played in the NFL for seven years. And from there, Don Shula got a job with the University of Virginia, te- uh, coaching some defensive backs. Spent one year there, one year at the University of Kentucky. Got an NFL job doing the same thing with the Detroit Lions. Was promoted pretty quickly to their defensive coordinator. Got offered the Baltimore Cor- Colts job. And the rest is kind of history there. But did do some digging. I was just kind of researching Don Shula a little bit because obviously you know he's a great football coach. I didn't know his connection to Notre Dame or at least growing up a big-time Notre Dame fan where it was his goal for for some time to, one, play at Notre Dame. And the recruitment of Don Shula ended up being a little bit odd like it was for many players at that time because of World War II going on. But... Obviously didn't get to play at Notre Dame, but he was rumored to be Notre Dame in hot pursuit of him to be their head coach when Era Parsegian announced his retirement. And if that would if you could ever have the most hyped up incoming Notre Dame coach or any collegiate coach for that matter, what Don Shula was coming off at that time was a Super Bowl appearance in Three years previously, two years previously, he had led the Dolphins to an unbeaten, unblemished, perfect record and win the Super Bowl. And they went and they won another Super Bowl right after that. Three state AFC titles, two Super Bowls in that time, and an unbeaten team in the Super Bowl era. The only one that's ever gone that way is what Don Shula would have been coming off. But he's quoted in a piece I found by Gene Wojciechowski in 2007 of saying, yeah, at one point it was a dream job, but once you get to the NFL, then you don't go back down to the college ranks unless you're kind of forced there. And Don Shula was anything but forced at that time. Um, also, if you're looking for anything kind of fun, argumentative, college football-wise, I've seen a lot of this going around, and I kind of thought of it because uh, 
Just saw it pop up. I think Mike Farrell from Rivals had tweeted out his 10 favorite college football helmets. And so I decided to put a piece up on that. And in it, I go through what my top 10 is. And I won't spoil anything for you. If you really want to get into that conversation, we can get into that conversation. But I saw his list. And the one thing that I will share with you is that he had LSU as the fifth best helmet in college football. And that's what drew my attention because if you look at LSU's football helmet, then it, to me, it sticks out like a sore thumb compared to pretty much every other football helmet there is in college football because it offers both the school's name and the logo all on it. And I can't help but think, like, what if it was Notre Dame? Would you need Notre Dame spelled out or at least a big ND on it? And then either a shamrock or a face of a leprechaun underneath? If it were Alabama, would you need Alabama or Crimson Tide written out or Tide written out with an A or an elephant under? No. It's it's unique, but just because something's unique does not make it good. And it's a great color scheme, don't get me wrong. But that helmet's atrocious. And uh, I think if uh, if you ever like make a top 10 list of your favorite college football helmets and LSUs is in it, I don't care if you're the biggest LSU fan on earth or what, I don't think we can be friends. Okay, maybe that's a little bit strong, but seriously. Great program. Uh, epic logo sitting on their 50-yard line with the tiger eye. Go that route. What the heck's the matter with you, LSU? Get it together. Anyway, that's our first edition there of the Nick Shepkowski's College Football Morning Announcements. Hope you enjoyed it. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Going to try to pound these out pretty much day after day and just share with you 10, 15 minutes of what my thoughts are. Again, it's not always just going to be a recap of the day before, I'll share my thoughts on things from the day before, but we'll also get into, uh, we'll have some interviews lined up. I'll have some guest hosts with me as well on various times. So check for those in the times to come, as it should be a lot of fun, as hopefully we are gearing closer towards college football. I guess technically, whether if it starts in August or if it starts in November, we're closer than we were yesterday. So we have that to look forward to. Everyone, Hope everyone's staying safe, having some fun and uh, getting used to life as we know it now in these odd quarantine circumstances. But again, if you don't mind, hit subscribe. And if you're a college football fan, doesn't matter if you're a Notre Dame fan, an LSU fan who likes bad helmets, or whatever the case might be, share it with a buddy, share it with a college football fan friend, and uh, we'll have some fun with this along the way. Hope you have a great day. Take care. It's Nick Shepkowski for the Nick Shepkowski College Football Morning announcements.